Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another bonus episode of Perplexity, a mystery podcast. As always, I am your host, Kadra, and thank you so much for joining me. Today is going to be, again, a little bit different as it is a bonus episode. I'm going to be sharing some listener stories, and I have not read them yet, so we'll get an honest reaction from me. Uh, And depending on how long the listener stories are, I might talk about some other things too. So let's get into it. And this listener does want to remain anonymous, so I'm going to respect that. But thank you so much for writing in, and you know who you are. So it starts, hi to all, because they also submitted this on Reddit. I created this account for the sole purpose of sharing this experience and maybe shed some light to some strange events that happened to me when I was a child. I am now 26, but sometimes I still think about these things that happened to me, and they still puzzle me. Some preliminary information. These facts I'm going to talk about all happened when I was no more than 10 years old. I think it started when I was about 8 to 9 years old and kept going on until I was about 10 to 11 years old. Furthermore, I think it's important that you know that I have a little sister. She was born in 94. Oh, that's a year after I was born. And that I shared my room with her. So she was present at the time of the facts that I'm going to talk about. Also, it may be of some help to know some information about my room and its placement in the house. Here's a sketch of the floor. It is useful to make you understand some events that I'm going to share with you. Proportions are off, but it gives you an idea of the placement of the rooms. Okay, so I'm going to open up these photos and I will put them in the YouTube video and then I will also post these on Instagram. Got it. So that's your layout. And then they also put a more detailed sketch of their room. So let's look at that. I'm going to keep these tabs open in case I need to reference them as I'm reading. Okay, so they have like an L-shaped closet to people listening, Um, a balcony in their room as well, and their bed is hugging one wall, and their sister's bed is hugging the other wall on the opposite side of the room, and then they have like some dresser drawers, it looks like. It's just like a black and white sketch. Okay, so let's get into the story. So they go on to say, that being said, here's what I experienced. When I was a kid, I started waking up during the night for unknown reasons, and I would notice that there were floating lights in my room. They were stationary and were often not on an object, but suspended midair motionless. Ooh, interesting. Okay. These lights were greenish in color, had the most bizarre shapes, and were slightly fluorescent. They reminded me of glow sticks, although the shape was different. They were something like between 20 to 40 centimeters in size. Now, being a child, the sight of these things would terrify me, to the point that I often hyperventilated and started sweating profusely. I was often paralyzed by fear, unable to move a muscle. I even get goosebumps right now, only by remembering these episodes. 
When I was able to gather some courage in order to move, I would always put the sheets onto my head in order to cover my body almost completely. Sometimes I left a small open near my nose, a small opening, I'm assuming, in order to breathe more easily, as if I was somehow protected by doing so. However, even with the sheets that covered my head, I would always keep feeling a tremendous fear, and I would stay motionless, hoping that the strange lights would eventually go away and leave me alone. I would stay motionless for several minutes, even 20 or 30 minutes at a time, and then sometimes raise the sheets a little in order to peek outside and check if the strange lights were still there. In doing so, I started noticing that they would change shape or place between one peak and another, but never while I was staring at them. As I said, they were motionless when I looked at them, but they would move when I was not looking, something like the children game statues. Ooh, I used to play that game. That's a really good um, analogy. Now these nights were extenuating to me. I struggled to stay awake, fearing that something terrible would happen if I fell asleep. Sometimes I would make it, staying awake until I started hearing the chirp of the birds outside. When I heard them, I somehow knew that morning was coming and that the strange lights would have left by then. I would peek and I would see that there were no more strange lights in my room. Thus, I would feel safe, removing the sheets from my head and fall asleep exhausted. Some other times, however, I was not able to stay awake, even if morning hadn't already come. And I would fall asleep even if the lights were still there. Okay, so to the person who wrote this in, you might mention it later, but I'm curious... First of all, this is seeming like either ghostly or alien-like to me. And so I'm kind of wondering if if it was ghostly, like paranormal, if this was during the witching hour, because you know it's like 3 a.m. middle of the night, and 3 a.m. is when they say that the veil lifts and a like a portal opens and ghosts are more likely to to come in or be interacted with. I think that's interesting. And we, you know, with a lot of paranormal sightings, people talk about seeing orbs of light. But I've also heard stories of bouncing balls of light, like in one of the other episodes I covered. Um, And they would move around and I don't know if they necessarily change shape. And then also with UFO sightings, you hear things like that too, of seeing orbs, but they're often disc shaped. Anyway, that was interesting. Uh, Let's keep going. I lost my place. Some other times, however, I would peek only to see that the strange light had not only changed place or shape, but some of them were getting close to my bed. This would fill me with unbearable terror, seeing that these strange lights were somehow getting nearer and nearer. In these occasions, pushed to action by overwhelming fear, I would try and scream my lungs out, calling for my parents. Sometimes I couldn't scream on the first try. It was like the voice died in my lungs, and only a faint and choked sound would come out. I would try again, filled with even more fear of having been heard by the lights, but not by my parents, and eventually I would manage to scream. The screams were so strong and filled with terror that my father would come running in my room when he heard me. He would open the door and hit the light switch, turning the lights on, 
and the strange fluorescent shapes were gone the exact moment he would do so. Please note that even if my sister was in the same room as me at night, merely at four meters from me, she would never wake up during the nights these fluorescent shapes manifested. She would not wake up even when I screamed. Oh, that's interesting. So it's it's kind of like you're in a bubble. I've heard things like that with UFOs, some paranormal things as well. So I feel like it could go either way. Or it's like a weird night terror, sleep paralysis kind of thing. Okay, so they go on to say, this was very strange since my screams were so strong that would successfully wake up my father that was in another room of the floor, a room that was behind the wall near my sister's bed, to be precise. Now, I'm not saying that my sister would never wake up during the night. She would, sometimes, but only in the nights in which the strange lights would appear with one exception that I'll talk about if you want. That is all. I will happily answer to your questions if you have some. Also, please note that I'm a very skeptical individual. I do not believe in paranormal things like ghosts or demons, but still, I wasn't able to produce a reasonable explanation for the phenomenon I witnessed. If you do have some hypothesis or explanation or experience something similar, feel free to share. Thank you so much for writing that in. And I have experienced something similar, actually. And it was when I was a kid. I really haven't had a lot of paranormal things that have happened to me personally. But this is definitely something that I feel like is hard to explain for me. So basically, when I was growing up, I grew up in a very like strong religious Christian household And I was very, very Christian at the time. Uh, We went to church like twice a week. And, you know, I thoroughly believed in demons, heaven, hell, that kind of thing at the time. So I described it as a demon. But I also think that I didn't, I was a kid, so I didn't really know what demons were supposed to look like if that makes sense like basically I was a kid innocent I didn't have these pictures in my mind of what they should look like so I would see like orbs of light um kind of like if you stare at a light for too long and then you look away and it's just kind of like this orb that can kind of change shape uh but these were like orangish reddish in color And they would just kind of float around the room and do weird things. And they would come up on my bed at night sometimes. And they were like small. Um, And those did not scare me. But I also saw a shadow figure in my room one time, like at the same time that I saw those. And that the shadow figure did scare me. Um, The shadow figure wasn't moving and it didn't have a face. It was just like in the corner of the room and like, had a very menacing presence to it, and it frightened me quite a lot. And I don't have a lot of memories as a child, but I I think that was when we lived at our first house. And so I would have only been, I think, maybe like four or five years old. 
And I really don't remember much else from that age, but I do remember that vividly and yelling for my dad to come in my room. And he did. And he was quoting scripture and telling me to do the same thing to help cast the demon out. And I remember the shadow figure moved when we started quoting scripture and it went away. And I understand that people can hear all of this and think like this is all weird or bullshit, whatever. But I, I want to be more open about my experiences too. So I guess what I'm trying to say is I have experienced something similar, listener. And I was kind of looking at the comments on Reddit as well. And I see some other people have also had similar experiences. So you're not alone. And I know when this listener was talking to me on Instagram, they didn't want people to question their sanity. And I just want to say, I do not question your sanity at all. I think that this is more common than you might think. Um, A lot of people have had strange experiences at night in bed. And I also think kids are more sensitive and prone to things like this. And then that that can go away as we get older. I I think that's what happens to me. Like, I don't experience things like this now at all as an adult, but I did as a kid. So very interesting. Thank you for sending that in. Okay, this next listener story comes from a guy named Jeremy, and his podcast is called Full Moon Empty Road. And so thank you, Jeremy, for writing this in. We've been talking on Instagram, and I told him I wanted some listener stories, and Jeremy used to be a ghost hunter. So I immediately was like, uh, send that in brother. He also said he's been enjoying the podcast. So thank you so much, Jeremy. Um, if you guys like paranormal things, I mean, I'm assuming you do if you've been listening to perplexity, but he does a lot of spooky stories. So go check him out. And again, I have not read this yet, so you will get my honest reaction. Let's see. This email is titled, A Story from My Ghost Hunting Days. And Jeremy says, Back when I was a ghost hunter, we mainly stuck to places local in Tennessee. One of the things I remember very vividly was an investigation at the Hales Bar Marina. At one end of the tunnels, they call the little spot Mary's Corner because they believed it was haunted by a child ghost named Mary and multiple other children. Anytime that there is a paranormal story involving a child, I get more creeped out for sure. There's just something about like the giggling of a child or them playing little jokes on you as ghosts that makes it extra creepy for me. So then Jeremy goes on to say, one of our members at the time had a girlfriend who was pregnant. It felt like he was noticing more activity around him. We sort of figured it was child ghosts interacting with a soon-to-be father. I'd say we had one experience that night that really stuck out. We were in Mary's corner. We had an EMF detector, a K2 meter, and a digital recorder for any possible EVPs or EMF spikes. At one point, the soon-to-be dad, Jason, had the video recorder pointed at the K2 meter which was holding steady at three lights. Occasionally, it would drop back to two lights illuminated and then would jump back to three. While he was watching through the viewfinder, I'm watching it too, 
just with my eyes, not through the camera. The conversation goes as follows. Jason says, the third light just went out. Wait, it's back to three lights. Me, Jeremy, says, it's still showing three lights. Jason says, okay, it's back to three again. Now it's back to two lights. And Jeremy says, it hasn't changed yet. It's still showing three. Jason said, dude, come look through the camera. It's going back and forth between two and three lights. So I walk over and look over his shoulder and see, sure enough, it's flashing three lights and holding. Then dropping back to two lights and holding. Going back and forth like that through the viewfinder, while the whole time it's maintaining three lights when not looking through the viewfinder. I still can't explain that to this day. Oh, that's spooky. That reminds me of when you take photos and you can see orbs of light or um, just capturing different paranormal things in photographs. It's funny how they interact with technology. Definitely. And I'm not going to lie, this isn't an area that I know a lot on. So, and for other people listening too, Jeremy, if you wouldn't mind sending another email, just kind of explaining more in depth what these different pieces of technology are. Like, I know what an EVP is, but other people might not know. You know what I mean? EMF detector, K2 meter, EMF spikes, just to like further explain why this is significant but if you guys need a spooky podcast to listen to go check him out again his podcast is called full moon empty road okay so we're only at about 15 minutes right now so i'm going to pop open one of these (laughs) there we go it's eight o'clock at night here so don't judge me um this is an austin beer works ranch water So just have a little sippy sip. Oh, it's pretty good. So another thing I could talk about, I did have a listener message me because I posted a funny, (laughs) I shared a funny TikTok on Instagram and it was referencing just all the insane shit that's been going on right now, like the submarine, alien sightings. Uh, a siren sighting and just like how the world is forever falling apart right so specifically this listener wanted me to talk about the submarine that everyone has been talking about um I will try to give my full opinion as best as I can first of all I don't know tons about what's been going on I mean I'm getting like the little incoming articles and stuff and seeing the TikToks and the reactions. I think the main thing that I've been seeing so far, though, is comments on Instagram that are incredibly hateful towards the people that have died. And look, I understand that America is a very capitalistic society and that the rich the 1% are the people who will forever have the most privilege and don't have to worry about things that middle and lower class people have to worry about and fight for every day. And that can cause a lot of like hate and anger towards rich people. I understand that. So I 
to a certain extent understand some of the comments I've been reading, but I will never be the person to say that person deserved to die. I don't think that's my place to say as a human being to another human being. I don't know who these people were, like truly fully. We know what they did for a living. We know that they were wealthy. Uh, One of the guys had his kid on the submarine as well, which is pretty unfortunate. And look, I know the guy that was operating the whole event went against safety protocols. And as a result, he lost his life and he also killed several other people. And that's fucked up and that's not okay. And if he was alive, he would, he like should be held accountable for that. Absolutely. So I get people being angry, but also like people who are not directly involved in this situation, (laughs) I really don't think that it's okay to say things like they deserved it. And I've been seeing a lot of that. So not really loving that. Um, I will say when the story first came out about the submarine, I immediately pretty much was like, well, they're dead. I, I never had a moment of, oh, they'll be found. They're fine. And I think that's because I know enough about submarines and the ocean to know that when you're going that deep into the ocean, if something goes wrong with your submarine, you're you're done. So as soon as it went missing, I had personally no question that they were dead. Unless it was some type of like government weird cover-up thing. Because there were a lot of millionaires on there. But all of that to say, it's a complex situation, I think. It's also a little disheartening to know that it took them this long to find the pieces and determine that. And I get like the ocean is vast and they had a lot of people helping But it kind of reminded me of flight MH370 when it disappeared, uh, except that took way longer to figure out. But (laughs) just, I don't know, all these unanswered questions and then a lot of people sensationalizing it in the media and on TikTok and trying to chase a story when like literally at the exact same time, we have this other breaking story of hundreds of Pakistanis that were dead in the Mediterranean in the migrant boat disaster. Basically, more than 300 Pakistani nationals were killed and the boat was sinking. It was like a fishing trawler. So like things like this are happening where hundreds of people are dying. And then we have this other scenario, which... I I get the argument of like, it doesn't matter how many died. It's still like, they're both still terrible stories. I just feel like the submarine disaster is getting a lot more attention than stories like this that I feel like are just as relevant, if not more so. And also like the Pakistani migrants, part of what's so messed up about this is this was all part of a refugee crisis. They were trying to seek sanctuary from war, poverty, like really intense, insane things that we don't have to worry about for the most part as like average middle-class Americans. Pakistan has been in a really, really bad, intense economic situation as well. So for them to be trying to 
get away and start a new life and then hundreds of them just tragically die. It's pretty upsetting. And the reason that this happened, essentially, it seems, is because the boat was overcrowded. So that just goes to show how desperate these people were to get out of their situation. And I can't say I wouldn't do the same thing if I was dealing with something like this. So it's certainly a tragedy, and my thoughts are with those victims as well. I think to just kind of end this episode on a more lighthearted note, I also looked into the siren sighting and... From what I could find, it seems like people are referencing this video that's circulating on TikTok of this guy on a fishing boat, and he's kind of walking around, and he sees two long, white-shaped kind of figures in the water on either side of the boat, and they're swimming parallel to each other and to the boat at a really, it seems like a pretty fast speed. Uh, keeping up no problem with the boat. And then you start hearing like this high sing-songy squealing. And to me, it could be a dolphin or a whale. But towards the end of the video, it does kind of sound like a woman, like woman's speech. So it's pretty creepy. And this just happened June of this year. So this is a recent video that's been going around. You can go watch it on Oceanic underscore Society on TikTok. And the caption is, New Bedford Fisherman captures creepy mermaid screams. Most people are convinced his videos must be fake, but his clips and conspiracies have gone viral online nonetheless, and he's become known as TikTok's mermaid guy. So it's pretty interesting. Like I said, I I think it could be a whale or a dolphin, But the end of it does kind of sound like woman, like doing a sing-songy, squealy pitch. So it is a little bit, a little bit creepy. And it's also shot at night. And the ocean is so vast and dark. And there's just so much depth. I don't know if you guys have ever seen those videos at night of like the boats going along and like a fisherman is just chilling inside and then he kind of walks outside and is like, yeah, this is what the boat looks like at night. And it's just pitch black. (laughs) And that is so terrifying to me. It's the same reason why I get so creeped out watching people doing like dives in the ocean and you just see hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of feet of just emptiness. And you're like, anything could be in there, you know? So that about wraps it up, I think, for my bonus episode today, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I know this is a bit of a different vibe. Uh, If you guys did enjoy this episode, let me know by taking the poll. If you're watching uh, on YouTube, that is going to be in the podcast, uh, like on Spotify specifically, I think is where you get access to those polls. But if you're watching on YouTube, you can let me know in the comments below. I added a bunch of polls on each episode so that you can react and let me know what you guys are thinking or answer some funny questions. Some of them are silly. And if you have a story that you would like me to read on the podcast, I would love to hear it. Uh, Email me, perplexitymysterypodcast at gmail, or feel free to DM me on Instagram, perplexitymysterypodcast. 
You can also share stories of your family or friends if you don't have anything that's happened to you and they're willing to share. I really like listening to you guys' stories. So send them in. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you guys have an awesome week and I will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.